right. uh, what's your at? Uh, smut Collector. That's spelled with an E-R, <laughs> not an O-R, because somebody else already had Smut Collector spelled correctly, so I had to change the spelling, motherfuckers. You were so committed to the handle Smut Collector <laughs> for your socialist <laughs> podcast. That you're like, okay, I guess I'm smut collector number yeah. seven. Yeah. But if someone else already hit it with an ER, I don't know if I was so committed that I would have gone with like a UR on it. But yeah, you know. Incredible. <laughs> no, you put you put the er in front of the smut collector, so you are the er smut collector. Yeah. So the normal the normal smut collector feels like a real twat. <laughs> oh. I should track down who has that handle actually and start DM them. Be like, listen, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> By rights, I should have that. Buddy, you chose this. How much smut have you actually collected? Do you, do you deserve that handle? Let's compare hard drives. It's a bluff that goes nowhere good, because <laughs> what happens then is you get a, a FedEx shipment, <laughs> and it's a much larger hard drive than you knew existed, <laughs> and the second you touch it, you're arrested. Fuck, I've, I've collected it then. He mailed it to me, right? <laughs> I, you yeah. legally get the uh, name. You, you. Glenn Greenwald is just like, why don't you send any of this? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Relentless Board. This is Rob at Dumb and Awful. This is Mason at Zizek Thotty. And with us this week, we have Comrade at Smut Collector from Move Left Idiots. That's right. Well, he has a, he has a name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Comrade's fine. That's what I go by on my own podcast. So uh, good to be here, drinking, day drinking uh, from the Midwest, talking to y'all. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, you said day drinking. You didn't need to specify the Midwest after that. We basically <laughs> assumed. Look, we've all seen the 538 maps of who's doing the most day drinking. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And Nate Silver, Nate Silver continues to claim it's not Joe Biden. <laughs> Isn't Joe Biden a teetotaler? Yeah, it's got to be Marianne, right? That was a dumb riff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is he? I didn't actually know that. Yeah, he doesn't drink. Why would he have anything cool about him, you know? <laughs> so he has that in common with Trump, too, then. On top of the the pervy yeah. predilections. And the tertiary, tertiary stage syphilis. If you don't drink, it's because you just haven't noticed the world enough yet. That's the hot take for today. <laughs> yeah, but that, they're too I'm, committed to sexual harassment for booze. Right. Well, they they want to, you know, they, after a while they realize they had they had to start remembering all the names and faces of all the, you know. Again, if we're gonna talk Catholic Church, let me know because I have a lot of prep material on this. Uh, listen, when I drink, I, I get the victims confused. My lawyers has encouraged me to stop drinking to make it easier for my defense. I'm looking for your outline. Where's your outline? How have you not I've posted it, it like five it's times in the guest room? It's impossible to find. I'm very impressed with the uh, preparedness of this podcast so far. You're welcome. You're a dumb and awful. People do keep. <laughs> yeah, people keep saying it's funny despite this. So. <laughs> Go figure. Well, I'm not going to change if we're already getting the compliments. No, no, don't, don't change. There's no, you haven't thing. incentivized me, and this is what Elizabeth Warren's all about: incentives <laughs> that will not affect anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brett, take it wherever you want to go. I'm ready to die. Hell yeah.
Let's talk about Delaney. Uh, some news articles first. There is there is one okay. before we get into the debates because I need to I need to work my way into talking about the debates before I get into that fucking hell world. Uh, so there is this Emerson poll that came out recently, and it was showing uh, what percent of each candidate's supporters make more than 100k a year, and the percentages are Buttigieg 37 percent make more than 100k, O'Rourke is 30 yep. percent, Elizabeth Warren 20 percent. Uh, Biden, Harris, Yang, all 18. And then way down here at the bottom with 4% is Sanders. <laughs> my, my question is, why is Yang even on this poll? Isn't he, isn't he at like 2%? He is, I have no idea why he was included. Is there no one else? I think they polled everyone. I don't know why that was the one that got posted about. I, I think Yang um, is popular because he sort of signifies a certain honors kid middle class aspiration. You know, yeah. like in the same way that that obviously non middle class people like people who are doing catfish noodling or like, oh, as a middle class, uh, small business owner myself, buddy, you, <laughs> you don't have an LLC. You stick your big toe in to get the catfish to bite because last time you put your thumb in a moccasin got it. Okay? <laughs> Hell yeah. That's how you noodle properly. Rob knows. <laughs> <laughs> if people don't know what noodling is, highly encourage you to look it up. Yeah, I haven't understood a word for the past 45 oh, seconds. Oh, noodling's amazing. It's this southern thing where you uh, you you fish for gigantic catfish by putting your arm uh, in the water or toes, and you basically move maneuver them around to the catfish bites your limb, and then you lift the whole thing <laughs> out of the water. Not, I'm oh not joking. God. It's amazing. It's a it's a yeah, fucking competitive so sport in the south. It's a, it's a very like known thing. Like people, people that noodle and only lost basically a, a digit rather than a limb are considered the alphas. <laughs> but all this is, all this is just to say that like Pete, Pete Buttigieg amongst people that aren't middle-class, but were took an AP or IB program. They look at him and go like, Oh yeah, I've never read Ulysses, but I'm basically that guy. It's the temporarily <laughs> embarrassed millionaires that you're familiar with only along academic and intellectual routes, I would say. So I think the combo of, of that polling showing that pretty much everyone in the race is well above 15% except Sanders who, so that means 96% of the people donating to Sanders make under hundred K that's fucking amazing. If you combine that with this, uh, New York Times put out this amazing interactive map. One of the few good things they've done doesn't make up for any of the other shit, but they put out this amazing mm. interactive map that shows you where all the donations are coming from. And when you combine the two, it makes it really easy to understand why certain supporters are the biggest pieces of shit you've ever met. So like Buttigieg <laughs> has 38% of his supporters make over 100K. That's a fuckload. Okay, well, let's look at the maps and see where all of his support is. In New York City, it's lower Manhattan. Or it's basically just all Manhattan is Buttigieg with a little bit of Warren. Yeah, it's fucking summer associates that get told to get the coffee or suck my dick and go like, I'm basically <laughs> Pete Buttigieg right Exactly. <laughs> Shut the fuck. You're not. It, it's fucking all of Boston, yep. which I'm yep. thrilled about. I can't even believe that Warren didn't beat out Buttigieg here. That's fucking embarrassing. If you've ever bought a skinny tie from Theory, you're a Pete Buttigieg voter. <laughs> his, his donations map perfectly to the rich areas filled with shitheads that you don't ever want to go to. And every fucking city. It's it's like a one-to-one -one match. In D.C., it's Alexandria, uh, which... <laughs> Having lived there, yep, nope, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And the strongest population in D.C. is in Chevy Chase, which is where every rich fucking politician lives. 
Pete Buttigieg is doing really well among uh, LGBT people who have zero black friends. <laughs> <laughs> so did, I'm sure you guys have uh, of all you know seen the the map, but you saw that like the second version they had to take away all of Bernie's yeah, donations, take away Bernie, so that you yeah. can even see like the, uh, Ed, the, the like the lower five candidates that are running. Yeah, uh, people were complaining like, well, where's where's Elizabeth Warren's donations on this map? Why why are Bernie's donations covering up all of Elizabeth Warren's donations? <laughs> Bernie's donations are sexist. Buddy, look at Cambridge. You'll see Elizabeth Warren's <laughs> donations right there. Just go to Google Cambridge, Massachusetts, and that's where Elizabeth Warren lives. Yeah, yeah. she seems to have captured the imagination of the immediate suburbs outside of Boston and Cambridge, Massachusetts. Well, there is more energy for Elizabeth Warren among thesis-producing grad students right now than ever before <laughs> in American history. Well, somebody tweeted out the picture of uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, it was the deepest blue color, which was like the, the most the most burning you could get was like very dark blue. And somebody was like, does, does Puerto Rico even know that there's other people running? And I was like, yeah, they do know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just understand material. They understand yeah. material conditions. And again, that's part of that's because they're Slavic and they're predisposed. But <laughs> they're doing the calculus that other people aren't. And I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure the context for that joke was entirely before we started recording. <laughs> no, if you listen to this podcast, you get that. <laughs> <laughs> and you also know I am not joking. Not at all. Yeah, so they did They did three maps. So the first one they did was most individual donors. That was the one where Bernie dominates so wholly that they had to do a second one of most individual donors minus Bernie. And then the one that I'm talking about is just uh, raise the most money. So then it's more about just dollar amount rather than individuals. And in that one, you actually get some diversity of donations, although the vast majority of the country is still Bernie Sanders. Still yeah. Bernie. Their their way of doing polls is like like the headlines. We ask people, would they like to die? And if so, how? <laughs> now, a lot of people said no. So we've removed that from our heat map. Uh, the number one <laughs> method is gunshot. <laughs> Americans clamoring for gunshot wounds, new New York Times poll said. <laughs> Having done analytics, every every time that someone does one of these, with Bernie included, it cracks me up because they are forced to bend over backwards to explain why Bernie's numbers aren't accurate. Well, you know, I understand a, it's it. an outlier. I, yeah, no, that means you should be paying more attention to it because something interesting is going on there. <laughs> nobody in, here's the thing. Nobody in the group that would be evaluating that, A, thinks what's going on is interesting. They think it's juvenile and that they just haven't figured out how the world really works yep. because they're not quite as smart or educated depending on the context that they need. And also, they don't know and socialize with anyone who's a, a Bernie voter. Like, if you're Nate Silver, who in your circle is like a, a materialist, Marxist, Bernie supporter? You're just like... There's this weird illusory pressure that no one sees. Yeah. I, I feel like you're describing Ian Sams. You guys know who that is? 100%. Go off. All right. <laughs> so uh, Ian Sams tweeted out my favorite tweet of 2016, uh, in which he said, did the Sanders campaign just claim to have won Hawaii, the most diverse, diverse state? It's oh, only 2.5% 2 <laughs> black. <laughs> and I screen cap that and I retweet that back at him all the time. Uh, Ian Sams, 
is now the national press secretary for Kamala Harris's campaign. Yes, yes that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> yes. That when I guy found that out, I was just like, incredible. that is fucking awesome. That's amazing. He's also the guy that, like, a few months into being Kamala Harris's press secretary, um, posted the infamous, like, Folks, you're not going to believe it, but Sis is spilling the tea because she was putting, like, uh, Louisiana hot sauce on unskinned chicken breast at a campaign <laughs> yep. stop. Like, he took that picture and posted it, and people Delicious. were like, "What? do you have any original ideas? <laughs> uh, before, before we move too far off the New York map, I'm looking at the Boston area, and they've removed the Harbor Islands, which deprives ex the exactly two people who live there of their uh, right to be displayed on this map. <laughs> So that's not a good look. When times. will we refocus on America's lighthouse keepers? Folks, the <laughs> lighthouse keepers love us. Uh, so the debates. Comrade, I take it you, uh, did you watch both debates? Uh, yeah, I hate myself that much that I watch both of them live. Um, By the way, uh, watch, watch, listen to uh, Move Left Idiots. It covers, I think, the debates like in an instant reaction way really well. And nothing they really said about the candidates on that episode I disagree with. So basically a perfect product. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So stop listening to this podcast. Switch over. Um. <laughs> Credit to Anthony Look, for that's being... That's evergreen advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anthony's the one that, that really kind of produces the show and he writes a lot of stuff out ahead of time. He's very prepared. I am <laughs> not. fucking lame. Right? I know. I know. It's just like, let's just clown car it. You know, let's just fucking wing it every time. But Buddy, the clown car gets you the presidency. What is fucking doing your homework, dude? Yeah. It, it yeah. gets you I whatever mean, Pete it, Buttigieg it, is. It fits the most amount of clowns uh, to get where you want to go. It's almost public transportation at that point. But uh, yeah, so we, we talked about bunch. Damn. Um, Numb tots for clowning. Thank you very much, comrade. <laughs> uh, you guys all know uh, Jules that we have on once in a while? Uh, she was on the last episode, the debate one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we always like her because she's, you know, like the, the most Brooklyn-y you can get. Uh, <laughs> she didn't talk quite as much last well, time. Well, I didn't she... hear one slur out of her, so let's cool your heels. So she's a white dude with a beard who says slurs a lot? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Reevaluate. No, well, metric ain't right. Uh, but we had her on, and we always like when she, you know, goes off, uh, swears, and all, all that good shit. Yeah. Takeaway from the debate was that Buddha Judge won, right? I think we all can agree. Yeah. Clearly. The racial divide <laughs> Purely on height alone, he won. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I meant John Delaney. I get the dumbass white dudes confused. Oh, yeah. John Delaney, uh, he uh, just crushed. He crushed that debate. Why, why do you say that? As someone who is only pretending to have watched the debate, which actually makes me empathize with most of the American electorate. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think John Delaney won mostly on sex appeal, and, you know, I respect that. We've all seen catastrophe. We <laughs> sure, you all saw the the picture of Delaney going down the the slide at the county fair. Yeah. Oh, I love that. He, he, looks, looks, good. he looks like he he couldn't possibly be having more fun. He looks uh, hot. He's loving it. <laughs> he looks he looks stout in that in a good way. He looks solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks thick. Would you say? He looks thick. I was trying. I was trying hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Brett, go ahead, go ahead and put an alarm sound in right now. <laughs> so on this podcast, we have a regular event. It's just the first person to say "thick," and uh, that'll be a twenty-five dollar gift card to Brett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think he legit hit upon a strategy that's going to get him a bunch of money and media attention, and it's oh yeah, of shitting on Medicare for all. Yep. Yeah, that will get him a lot of money. 
because he was the only one who was incredibly vocal against it in a way that and no one else was because other people were like yeah it's not good but he was he was going in on it and it's got to get him a lot of donations from insurance companies and shit like that and people who just don't want to pay more in taxes it's already gotten him elevated a bunch by the media multiple people have tried to claim he won because he was the one doing the most talking which basically means being a dick and getting crushed well see CNN just kept asking him questions, which is fucking insane considering his polling. Numbers. Oh, every every single question they asked to any candidate was was framed to basically attack Bernie. Like, well, what yeah. do you what do you think about uh, this plan that Bernie Sanders had? Like, it just all of it. It was crap. Oh, yeah. uh, Delaney is just the guy that's like, you know, I don't. He he smiles if you kick him in the balls. Speaking of dick crushing. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't care what kind of attention he gets as long as he's getting attention. Oh, yeah. And he's figured out that as long as he's being the most vocal, uh, shrill, anti-Bernie person, that he's going to get that media attention because they, they need someone to be the, that kind of idiot. They sure do. I agree with the framing. The framing of the questions was more biased than when fucking Bernie went on Fox News. It was kind of incredible yeah. to watch. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, they, they asked Buttigieg, hey, uh, how do you like being the youngest guy here standing next to the oldest guy, Bernie Sanders, right? That was so embarrassing. That, that was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you going to do the same fucking shit with, with Biden? Well, no, the they, same that's not, I'm sorry, comrade. I, I, ideologically, we're on a similar page, but um, if you actually fucking, wa- I'm sorry, I don't mean to be combative on the pod. This is the first time <laughs> this has really happened, but like... Uh, Anderson Cooper clearly asked Biden, how's it feel to stand next to Bernie Sanders, a guy that we all know 10 and a half thick, and you, <laughs> very sad. So uh, go ahead and just answer however you please. So the media is being fair to both. I'm sorry that when they went after your guy, you had a reaction. But, you know, the fact is, is if Bernie was less hung, we wouldn't need this sort of dynamic. <laughs> so blame your own candidate if you're looking to blame someone. Thank you. I'll sit I back will from now on. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's Bernie's fault. I am interested to see if more, if one, if they keep the debate moderators keep the frame as what is this evil leftist shit and is it too far left uh i I, at some point i hope either warren or bernie points out that the debate moderators are multi-millionaires who will be affected by the taxes that they want to institute he came he came close to that like he, he did he did like say like yeah pharmaceutical companies are gonna run ads on this network during this debate and that is exactly what happened that should be not to like uh be a well i'm i'm a junior in psychology because i just love you know thinking about how the brains work no i don't drink i, I, like I to also be in read control. Jordan peterson yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> despite being that person there is value actually to inoculation where it's like you're about to see some ads that are bullshit and just saying that in front of the ad diminishes their effectiveness and their persuasiveness like immensely yep. you can also uh read robert cialdini if you're interested influence went over this but like Bernie should be doing that in every single public Absolutely. appearance. Well, not to the extent where you appear whiny, but if you are trying to do electoralism against a uh, materialist superstructure that is dedicated to crushing your, you and your like version of uh, history and your analysis of what's wrong with the country, like you need to do some work to prevent what they're going to do to you because they're going to come really hard. Exactly. 
And they yeah, well, people people said Bernie didn't didn't cry foul enough when things were rigged against him, and I I sort of agree, but also at the same time, if you if everything you're saying is like, hey, I'm not being treated fairly, it's not almost good. like you're you're acknowledging it and making it real. Whereas if you kind of just like let these people come after you and don't acknowledge it, you're stronger than they are. In a, in a way, and I think that he's kind yeah, of. I think there's a balance. Yeah, I, I think you have to point out that yeah, they're they're doing the debates on on the terms of Republican talking points, which they actually did. They're running ads for pharmaceutical companies, which they actually are. And pointing that stuff out, you can do that in a way that doesn't come off as I, I can't remember who said this, but like whiny. Look at Mason over here with his truth is in the middle hot take. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a centrist. Um, I've been revealed. <laughs> I, I genuinely I pose this question to all you guys have have you ever seen a presidential cycle in no. which candidates no well again that's why you're on the pod because we don't want people biased from past knowledge and understanding you read a book you're dead to me that's the motto of dumb but it, it is somewhat startling to see on a debate stage at least some of the candidates are not proactively suggesting policies that might invigorate the electorate like hillary for all her flaws and they can be whatever constellation suits your political worldview best that's fine but like she at least had one or two things she was like i think i could probably do this and that there are people who are running just saying i can't do anything and expecting applause i've never seen that before i never saw that in any election prior elizabeth warren did point it out when uh, talking to fucking jelaine it Jelani, John Delaney, uh, in which she said, I don't know why you're even running if you're just going to say we can't do things. Yeah, the Jelani, I understand why you got mixed up. The Jelani is actually something Babeland is selling now. It's a six and a half inch dildo <laughs> that feels real. <laughs> well, I, I hate when uh, like Liz Warren gets huge applause for saying like really obvious shit, right? Yeah. That, that like she's just copying from Bernie, but that was a good line where she was just like, why would you go to all this fucking effort to... Uh, you know, run for president and come up here and do nothing but argue for all the things we shouldn't fight for. You know, I was like, yeah, you've got like multiple people who are correctly identifying a problem and saying, but the solution we shouldn't do. Well, what's your solution? I have none. I just know what the problem is and the solution that Bernie's proposing uh, isn't the right solution. Right. Like what that the, they their whole attempt to run as many people as possible uh, to, to stop Bernie uh, by any means necessary is now backfiring, where it's just like the absurdity of it on its face is now evident to, you know, even people like like Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, it's a poor strategy because even with the front runner as strong and institutionally backed as Hillary, she still forged a tenuous coalition victory. So I have no idea how the fuck they think Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg is going to pull it off. Like, credit to Hillary, none of these people are her. Yeah, no, they don't have the no. institutional backing to do that stuff. For better or worse. It's also, like, I don't know how anyone at this point in, in, in the state that America is in now, there are massive issues. We have literal concentration camps. We're staring down the barrel of some sort of climate collapse. Uh, virtually every institution either has a fatal flaw or is actively collapsing and infrastructure is crumbling everywhere. We have mass shootings constantly and your solutions are nothing. Fuck you. It is time for actual substantive changes, large scale changes 
So get up there and push something. I don't fucking care what it is. At least have a goddamn solution. The people who get up there Blood with nothing. And soil. Blood and soil. Uh, Blood honestly, and soil. honestly, Blood at and least soil. at least that is a recognition that there's a fucking problem. Yeah, that's why they're better yeah. than us at it. Yeah, Brett's uh, pro blood and soil. We've established like, this. Like that shit drives me crazy. People now. who want to like look you in the eye and tell you everything's okay drive me crazier than fucking full fascists. The people who look you in the eye and pretend to be your friend and be like, you know, everything's actually okay if we just barely tweaked it. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. fascism has always been effective because it it comes at points where people have genuine material concerns. But the the answer that's given is always just you know it's it's the uh, brown people coming in. It's the only thing the that seems to come when people have material concerns because the liberals are the people trying to hold on to it until the ship is all down except the mast. Exactly, and that mast is Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> Damn, poignant, son. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The only time I see liberals express any actual fucking backbone or emotion is when it comes to fighting the left. They have fucking nothing to say about concentration camps. They've got nothing they're willing to do about this shit. But, oh, an old man wants to give you health care. Now we're going to flip our shit. Fuck you, liberals. So well, I, go ahead. Uh, I saw that Bill Maher was trending today, which is always for, oh, for a bad <laughs> reason. I also saw that. Go ahead. And I was just, it was like, it wasn't really clear what he'd said this time, right? And it was, I finally got to what he'd said last time on his show. He was like, well, if, if, if Democrats are going to run against concentration camps, they're going to lose. And, and I was just <laughs> Everyone like... Everyone loves those camps. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. People love the camps. I was just like, what, what single thing... Does Bill Maher actually disagree with Donald Trump about that he's so Hiring concerned me. about Democrats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like if he's not if he if you can't run against concentration camps, what are you opposed to fucking Donald Trump for? Right. Also, even even if that were true, you should do it anyway because it's the morally right thing to do. And if you lose, then good. Fuck oh, this country. If this country says, oh, concentration <laughs> camps are non-issue, I want to deal with. Good. Fuck us. I hope we all burn alive. I would love. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sorry to say this. I mean, and this is again stretching love to its breaking point. Uh, but it's not the first time I've done that. <laughs> As every ex can attest to. <laughs> well, it was your idea, not mine. Um, I would love an up and down referendum on concentration camps because I think the entire country would do good by seeing the results of that. Yep, totally agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, the line that always infuriates me in, in speaking, sort of the idea of the you know the 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 you know, what is it the the white moderates out there that are like oh this is this isn't the country this doesn't re represent American values and it's like have you read a fucking history book in your life? No, I can answer uh, that now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and we support uh, you know, that. Watch a movie. But yeah, yeah don't it, read it's ever. Just, that that is the thing that drives me up the fucking walls. You would have the, to be the, stupid to read a history book though, wouldn't you? Because yeah, all yeah. the incentives are. Uh, just aligned against you like well not an american history book well, what, what, actually once you book. read the words historical materialism you stop having to read history at all. <laughs> it's great <laughs> gives you that power alternatively just talk to literally anyone who's not also a wealthy white person that that would work yeah no but like it, it, it is true that like <laughs> this is not this country this is not america we don't do that like no yeah we've we've been doing this shit forever when elizabeth we, warren said oh we, america doesn't nuke people first and i was like what the fuck <laughs> we're the only ones who <laughs> nuke people no, first. okay 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 elizabeth warren gets a pass because you know her her people were the subject of u.s genocide so <laughs> oh that's right that's right yeah i did that that um, one was incredible 
That's it. I, I'm going to disagree with your earlier point. I like when she gets the biz, big applause lines for dunking on Centris. Let me have that. I want her in the race as long as possible until it's just her and Bernie, and then she exits. That is what this I want. This is the sort of thing that Brett is so devoid of euphoria at this point that seeing an essentially centrist sock dem zing people for the slight <laughs> class consciousness it might raise gets him fully erect. Oh, 100%. You know why? Because like this, this is so taboo in the American process that Brett is here just transcribing it all to literatica as a trip <laughs> no it, it did seem like they were trying to pit warren and uh, bernie against each other but they really weren't taking the bait which was kind of nice to see because I, I think both of them are preparing that if they get the nomination and if they win the presidency they're going to have the other one probably somewhere in their administration yeah. so I don't really think we're going to see them cutting at each other i, too I much. feel and like I, that's what we want and then they never actually do that you know, like people are like, oh, well, if Hillary picked Bernie Sanders as a VP and it's like that would never in a million years fucking happen. Yeah, but Warren because, has a very I, limited yeah. Warren has a limited scope in terms of her selection process because Elizabeth Warren has terrible instincts. Like yes, she's, that is she's, definitely. Oh, true. I could, I could see, I could yeah. see her picking Kamala Harris as her VP very I, I, easily. I could see Elizabeth Warren picking Tim Kaine as her VP. Honestly, <laughs> that's such she's... a pimp move. <laughs> <laughs> You'll remember Hillary. What if she was younger? That's right. I read your literatica two times in one episode. No, nah, you guys are missing it. It's it's Buttigieg all the way. She's gonna elevate that piece of shit. <laughs> oh fuck yeah you're right he's he's it's he's like, just a, he's a different kind of wonk and she can understand and appreciate that here's the thing exactly. that won't that i don't think they'll do that because that's so that's so transparently not what america likes when have when have the democrat yeah, when have the democrats ever picked a candidate <laughs> that america Bill likes Clinton. he was yeah, a white dude true. that played the saxophone yeah, right. ate but barbecue and treated women terribly <laughs> He spoke to right. that was that was like the last guy that was an Obama. Yep. If you don't have any charisma, you're not going to be able to win on the bullshit shit Clintonite Obama platforms. As, like, yeah, that's but, not going to work. But don't tell the consultant class that yeah. because that is very much the premise of their existence is that no, you don't need charisma it. with enough consultants. We can still do third way. And Nira <laughs> Tandon and the year of our Lord 2019 still wakes up drinks a fucking handle and four Xanax <laughs> and gets on twitter.com to say exactly that. Speaking of awful consultants and elected officials, did you guys see that the Stephen Colbert's late show had fucking Rahm Emanuel on to discuss the oh debates afterwards? True oh, pimp. Fun. Do you understand how big a dick you have to have to fucking <laughs> run a whole constellation of third way candidates, have them all lose, then you become Every the mayor? One. <laughs> Everything fucks up and you get run out of town and you still get to be on Colbert being like, well, if I was a bard, I think I'd sing Kamala's praises. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. So here the, we have we have the debates, right? Especially the first one. We have the debates. Uh, the frame is from all the moderators that everything leftist is bullshit. Imperialism is dope. That was one of the questions to Elizabeth Warren, basically. Uh Nuking people first. Nuking is dope, people first actually. is fucking awesome. Every this is great. 
uh, then afterwards, I believe that in some cases, but you don't get to find out in what cases unless you subscribe to the Patreon. Right? <laughs> just, say, just say Florida, exactly. And then and then we go to the after debates, and they they want to elevate every moderate and centrist is claiming that they won. I get to listen to Claire fucking McCaskill tell me what plays well in the Midwest. I get to listen to Rob <laughs> fucking Emanuel tell me how the fucking debates went. There it is. Electoral. Geniuses. It is impossible to get rid of the fucking ghouls in the Democrat Party. No. Oh, they 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 fail up. It's like once you get, are so fucking toxic that you are just voted out of your career, then you get to go talk about it. It's like sports, you know, sportscasters. Once you you know used to be good, now you suck. You go on TV and talk, give everyone your shitty you know opinion about it. I hope you know Troy Aikman is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I was gonna say it's worse. Football, you at least had to be good at one point in order to get on there. That's true. That's true. You had to be popular at one point and get your job. But yeah, Rahm Emanuel, who, who, what's his actual job now? Investment banker? Yep. Uh, on LinkedIn, it just says racism. But I think that's one of those prestige titles you have to earn. That's right. Well, I mean, now the uh, the Gravel teens are going to join the consultant class. Yeah, fuck. That's, that's so grim. It is. This is the darkest I fucking don't. reality. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Because I honestly, this is something, so you may not have known this. Uh, but we are the preeminent Trotskyist podcast on the left. Um, well, I'm just going to log off right now. No, but There's here's, a, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, Showed up just we time. say that because we're for entryism, right? Like we generally believe that you should have some sort of revolutionary or community coalition building emphasis in terms of whatever your theory or praxis is. But we also believe that getting in there, you know, you can have an effect, right? You can't turn the DSA left if you don't actually have actual leftists in the DSA. And a DSA that, for example, doesn't have actual leftists and just becomes a sexual harassment factory for uh, people that were <laughs> formerly neocons until they stopped getting enough swipes on Tinder, that's a problem. Is this your way of condemning me for not going to the DSA convention right now? No, we already got a guy there. Don't yeah, worry. Like Pearson's I said, there right one, now. <laughs> number oh one shot. <laughs> but like the gravel teens uh, joining the consultant class. Good, not good, uh, and why? And I say that as my bike uh, seamless career is about to arrive. Oh, there it is. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect timing, Rob. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm a Brooklyn socialist. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, so for those who don't know, the Gravel teens who basically elevated Mike Gravel, got all those donations or running the social media account have, they said, we, you know, we're closing up shop now, now that Gravel got rat, rat fucked out of this debate and we're going to open our own Gravel think tank. So was it a grift all alone? I don't think it was. I don't know. I think they were just 17 and yeah. chanced into this. And like the next career step is just to, get money from fucking people who really love elizabeth warren and shit so like here's that. the issue right. with entryism a lot is if you're not careful the system will smooth out your rough edges before you pull the system left which is usually what happens right especially if you're young and just trying to survive in a garbage society in which you're going to be poor as fuck unless you hold on to whatever grift you find so i think they right. were totally genuine about it and then they saw the opportunity for money, and I do not blame them for taking it, but it's still immensely fucking depressing to watch. Well, they have a lot of 
orders for their clever buttons and uh, rolling papers that are backlogged. So, if anything, they should be working on getting those orders filled. Yeah, that's fucked up. They that's need to fucking make those goddamn buttons. <laughs> <laughs> like, Where and, and are the Pentagon rolling papers? <laughs> yeah, like, if you've worked on a grassroots campaign, like, you know making buttons by hand is the Lord's work. That's fine. Right? So, so, so bless those lads for doing that. But, yeah, if they're just gonna jump ship and they haven't even fucking filled the, the, the zigzag orders yet, fuck them. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> have you have you worked on campaigns before? Uh, I have. I've managed a couple campaigns. I mean, I it's not something I've done for a while, but it's enough that I can do a podcast and talk about it. So <laughs> it's it's worthwhile in that respect. But yeah, I mean, like political consulting, the people that do that shit don't. They've never worked at like the bottom of the campaign. They've never gone out and like you know uh, handed out like t-shirts and, and lawn signs. Like raw. yeah, like, like they the things that the, the material things that win campaigns honestly are t-shirts and buttons and lawn signs and and rallies. Like that's the thing that gets people involved and engaged. Right. And then you have consultants that are like, oh no 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 no, don't do any of that. Uh, have one of your your pay talking heads go on MSNBC. That's what's going to win this thing. Yeah. And it's like fundamentally, all politics is about swag. Yeah, Nira yeah. Candon and Maya Wiley are both on MSNBC, sometimes on the same panel. Despite them being objectively and by any metric, if you know metric where this is not the case, please contact me at Dumb and Awful. <laughs> failing at every dimension of their professional life. Now speaking as an authority on why Pete Buttigieg is the only one to stop Bernie Sanders' racism. <laughs> Someone has to. It honestly. could not be a more obvious grift. Like, frankly, like this makes me want to subscribe to the Young Turks just because I thought Rachel Maddow was bad in terms of mainstream media, quote unquote, on the left covering the election. But my God. By the like. Maddow has a sort of energy as someone who's just like, the moon hoax wasn't real. And you're like, eh, yeah, okay. And they're like, because Neil Armstrong was gay and gay people are afraid of the moon. And you're like, oh, you're that sort of crazy. Great. What a relief for me. But the rest of MSNBC, you're like, is there even one normal person? And then like Maya Wiley goes like, you know, suntan lotion's racist. And you're like, fucking, okay, never mind. <laughs> She's also, uh, Oh my god! I just forgot her name. You just said it like four fucking times. Maya Wiley. No, that's Maya normal. Wiley. She's like a fucking mind flare. You're not supposed to recognize her. I forgot. I forgot both her and Maddow's name at the same time. I was gonna say just both Lovecraftian beasts. <laughs> each of them. Uh, Maddow has been getting crushed since everybody realized the Russia thing was. She so her ratings fell to like fifth or some shit now after being first forever during the Russia thing in a very short span of time too. It was like just a couple months. I I thoroughly enjoyed that. (laughs) They must just go to like like wine tastings where everyone's like, uh, if everyone hates us, we must be doing something right. Which again, (laughs) that's what they said in Hitler's bunker. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to before we close this pod uh, talk a little bit about uh, sort of veterans and military and the, the role they play. Because we got Pete Buttigieg, we got Tulsi Gabbard. Um, veterans and the, the DNC has always been a weird thing because if you're a third-way person, you really do believe. Rahm Emanuel says this, right, that the way to be a good Democrat is you go to the red districts, you give them a veteran, you give them a prosecutor, and thus 
the whole you don't love America, imperialism, like why don't you support the troops? That's ameliorated, right? The whole law and order yeah. Democrats are for Willie Horton and smoke and crack. That's done. And if you just run these purple Dems with these qualifications, they know how to fire an assault rifle. They know how to lock up black people. They will win. It worked every they single time. They will win time. these red states <laughs> and we will build a coalition. To what policy perspective? Don't think that far ahead. That's nerd shit. I'm Rahm Emanuel. Shut the fuck up. I'm about to give you a wedgie right now. Only the Rahm Emanuel perspective then got pushed out every wave election that wasn't his own. So I, I'm a little bit, I, I myself am a little bit critical of this whole like veterans and prosecutors are the answer thing. But uh, you guys actually in the last moon in the last move left, you were criticizing Pete and Tulsi for that. You were saying that you were concerned about how much of her like imperialistic military training is still ingrained with her the idea that like the enemy is dehumanized and it's not really a big concern uh in what way has like the the veteran thing inflected your perceptions of this election uh well i mean you know i've got some pretty anti-imperialist views and it extends beyond just you know the pentagon is bad and the joint chiefs of staff is, are bad and it kind of, you know, I, I equate a lot of people that sign up voluntarily to go fight illegal wars as being pretty much the same as cops. Now, obviously, a lot of people uh, aren't like that. They're not, you know, Eric Prince, um, and they, they do want to serve the country. They just, you know, they've been lied to so often that, you know, they, they believe that they're doing a good thing, and they go see what war really is, they come back, and, and they're, you know, join groups that want to prevent more people from from joining war uh the democratic parties you know they it's weird because i i feel like democrats have now almost become more pro-war than republican voters you know where by and large the people that go and fight the wars come from red counties right and i feel like there's a very strong contingent of people who are very much right wing, but are now because they've had family get killed in, in you know foreign wars, are now very anti-war because they they you know for like what twenty years they we didn't really have a big war of invasion, so now they're kind of like oh yeah we we you know we shouldn't have our troops over there in Iraq they should be you know killing the illegals along the border like they're that 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 mindset you know so as far as Buttigieg you know I, I hate all the, the his his the way he frames his service is just like, oh, we shouldn't have guns, uh, you know, on, on American streets like I had in Iraq. Well, like, well, if you're opposed to one, why are you okay with, like, so, so Iraqi? Did he just, like, sit in a base in, like, Kandahar or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't actually do any <laughs> fucking real, but, but it's, like, like, I don't, I don't want anyone to have to do that. You know, nobody should be doing that. When people are like, oh, Trump got, you know, was a draft dodger. It's like, I don't care. Bernie was a conscientious, a conscientious objector. <laughs> like, I, I don't, you know, it's there, there's. Well, I mean, one of those is significantly better Trump, than the other because one isn't based off of yeah. class interests and the ability to manipulate the system because you're wealthy. Uh, um, of course, but of course. I, fuck any politician, not any, but the vast majority of the politicians who are veterans because they joined from a place of privilege explicitly to burnish their resume, and at, so at best. 
they're burnishing their resume. They either did that, they love imperialism, or they're jingoists. And if you're any of those three, you can go fuck yourself. That includes Tulsi, who joined while she was in the state legislature in a position of privilege. Uh, mayor really? Pete, who's a fucking Harvard grad and was the mayor when he joined. <laughs> fuck you, Mayor Pete. Pretty much every Democrat who's a veteran who didn't get into it because they were broke and getting fucked fuck them because they are doing it explicitly to manipulate the system to make themselves look good they have no idea what the rest of us fucking deal with and then they're they're given this place of privilege in the debates of like tulsi why don't you tell us about your veteran experience yeah tulsi tell me about how you joined the guard while you were in a state legislature uh and then about how being a captain in the fucking guard means you know what the enlisted experience is which is the vast majority of the people in the military go ahead tell me all about that tulsi fuck tulsi Fuck that. Fuck every bit of I need to respect these people for that. The only people I respect are the ones who got fucked into it, which is most of us, and then are only doing it because they have to, and they're now out and trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing with their lives. I get that. I understand that. And I can, if not respect it, I can appreciate how you got to that point. Those people are ghouls, and I fucking hate all of them. I hate this shit in the Democrat Party. It's like tourism, almost. It is. It's the same sort of yeah. thing of like the rich Ivy Leaguer who joins Teach for America and teaches in a poor district for a year or two and then forever thinks they know anything about the education system. It's yeah. unlike me who watches The Wire and knows everything about urban <laughs> policy. It's just, it's just more of this like neolib uh, – it's this like weird neolib tourism, disaster tourism, or like martyrdom complex of like I have taken unto I've taken your pain onto me, and now I understand entirely. Even though I could escape at any point back to my incredibly privileged life, I know exactly what your life is like now. No, you fucking don't know anything. Fuck off. You don't speak for me. I hate those people. Well, Daenerys Targaryen did free all those slaves, so you know she should be yeah. queen. Yeah, <laughs> and then immediately got them all killed in a war of fucking imperial conquest. She's cool. <laughs> Great, thanks. Yep, she's a girl boss. <laughs> we have to respect. That. No, I can't stand that shit in the in the in the the Democrat. I can't stand that in any political party. Tom Cotton is the same thing. That motherfucker graduated from Harvard Law and then went in the military, and I'm supposed to believe that he knows a goddamn thing about what being enlisted in the military is. And so it's just yeah, it's just. This is a fucking stone cold psychopath. Thing it hundred percent be is. in that position and just be like, "All right, let's go over there. Let's uh, sit in the base for a year and then come back and win in politics." Listen, if you want to be that much of a ghoul, enlist, bitch. Seriously, <laughs> you want my respect as a politician who's a position of privilege? Enlist, fucking enlist, and Look, then I will have a modicum of respect. If you're for gonna your... slum, do it right. Right? Exactly. Like, you can't be like, gals, I'm ready to slum. Let's get the cheapest thing at Brandy Melville and fucking go for it. That's not how you do it. Respect to Marie Antoinette, who actually fucking put mud on her face. She did nothing but correct decisions. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. uh, Comrade and Brett, the first time I ever saw you two interact was over uh, uh, on Twitter, which is somehow the fucking... It's sad that like Marx and Engels got to write like treatises and pamphlets, which are basically smart sounding things. But all I get to say is like two smart people I know who have podcasts tweeted at each other and you guys disagreed sort of <laughs> over the revolutionary potential of the enlisted class. And I sort of I'm interested in that because, again, comrade, the idea of like military and Brett, I think this is fair. It does train you to dehumanize the enemy because any humans face with cool. the idea of pulling Our the trigger. Are fascist humans? Let me finish, right? 
pulling the trigger <laughs> and killing another human being is fucking intense. <clears throat> and that is part yeah. of what breaking you down and basic in some branches more than other. Obviously, like this Marine is the most to the right, whereas Air Force, I want to say most to the left because it's got less indoctrination, no, but you've got fucking. Yeah, it is Navy because of the LGBT thing. But you yep. over in Colorado Springs, <laughs> Air Force, you got all the Christian things. So, I, yeah, I guess it is Navy. Uh, it is Navy. But, Brett, you disagreed with that whole thing of the idea of, like, um, the enlisted are inherently reactionary. And I guess I kind of want to know both, where, like, where Comrade was coming from with, like, fuck, soldiers are basically cops. And, Brett, where you're coming from with, uh, no, they aren't. Because it seems like two smart leftists should be able to dialectic this out into something well, tolerable. Well, I'm saying the job is basically the same. I'm not saying that every single person that signs up to be a soldier is the same as everyone that signs up to be a cop, but the job does the same thing to people. It turns them into sociopaths, right? So at a certain point, there's got to be some personal accountability, right? We can't just say, well, it's just every poor, you know, person got duped into whatever. It's like, no, there's a, there's a history here. I understand people, they, they put these fucking recruiters into, like, children's uh, lunchrooms at school and to mind fuck them, but, like, you know, like, you gotta have some level of, like, hey, look, like, this is, this is wrong, and as long as we keep saying respect the troops, but let's not have wars, you're still gonna always have wars, because we, we're, we're lionizing people who are committing international war crimes. I have no interest in saying respect the troops. I'm saying recognize that they have garbage material conditions they like most of the rural and red areas in america have nobody actually talking to them or trying to relay to them that the reason they're getting fucked is because of the wealthy which most of them know if you actually talk to them most of them realize that and i telling a 17 year old to break out of everything they've ever known culturally uh the only job that's being offered to them like that's just asking too much but it, that's just going to fail over and over again like pragmatically that's not going to work um, and I don't think they're the same job at all. They're not even close. Uh, cop, your everyday job is to walk a beat, interact with citizens, and largely oppress them. And the military, your job is to clean shit and occasionally be used as the force of imperialism by rich people. Like, to me, they're very different positions. And one is the only jobs program in America, and the other one isn't. Being a cop isn't like an automatic thing. Being in the military, if you are able and healthy is pretty much automatic so it's a guaranteed job which it, to me makes all the difference in the world well i see the people that get victimized by cops and troops as being pretty much the same so we disagree say more about that mm -hmm. though here's the thing because i would rather not you two just go soldiers are fascist no they aren't uh or soldiers are um, poor 17 year olds who are only making decisions based on information available no, they aren't. I'm not, I'm not talking about individual ideology or even the reasons. I'm saying the, the end result is the same. You know, the people that are harmed have something in common. What's that thing? They are being oppressed by imperialism, right? They're, they're either having their neighborhoods invaded by cops who target them, or they're be having their neighborhoods invaded by troops kicking their door down. It's the same thing. I don't think most cops can be saved from from the fucking like fast training that they're put through, mostly because theirs is a day in, day out. They live here. 
they at any point, they still live and operate and function in the day-to-day world that most everybody else does. In the military, you are kept in this little base bubble, right, where all you interact with is other military people. It's it's a very, very different world. Like, I, to me, it seems insane to compare the two other than to say they're both utilized by capitalists to oppress people. Yeah, no, I agree with that. If that's sure. fun, fundamentally, that's the same. Sure. The paramilitary, sorry, I'm going to get this and you guys are going to be fucking psyched. Brett, and, and right now you can't see it, but everyone's cheering for me like in the movie Rudy. <laughs> right now, <laughs> the paramilitarization of the police is a hot topic. And so are they really that different? I mean, doesn't material interest push some kid in the Bronx to join the NYPD Police Athletic League, become a young explorer at age 17 after playing basketball with them to escape gangs for five years, and then they get a cop job and they're told to do community policing. And so they walk around a neighborhood that they weren't raised in because that's against the rules, but they're still doing their absolute best Uh, How is that not the same as soldiers? And I say that for better or worse. If you find that person reprehensible as a soldier or cop or excusable because of their material interests as a soldier or cop, how do you square that? And that's what I want to ask you two people because it seems like you have completely dialectically opposed takes on this. And if we're going to have any sort of leftist project, these conversations need to happen and lead to some sort of understanding. So let's see some motherfucking praxis. I mean, again, the military is a guaranteed jobs program. Getting to the point of being a cop actually requires you to do a, a round of interviews. It requires an actual process Brett, I qu- to get there. Brett, right? I qualify to be an NOPD officer, and yeah. I didn't lie at any point in the process. Yeah, it's not a guaranteed job program, though. And did you get to be an NOPD? And if not, why not? Uh, I was accepted. I was not... Uh, made an NOPD officer. I was because my honestly I was there because of my material interest. I was living in my car at the time. I didn't tell them no, that I, I remember. fucking dry cleaned my suit and showed up on everything. So hoping I could do that long enough to parlay it into being a public defender. So that's my narrative. But like, yeah, I qualified and the only reason I wasn't hired is because uh the federal government found several uh problems with the NOPD and dismantled the entire leadership on civil rights grounds. So it was not a guaranteed jobs program. No, it was the entire. I I did not stay and pursue that. Look, it wouldn't have meant anything. I probably would have been a fascist if I was there. But like, it kind of is a jobs program. I mean, who else is talking to fucking uh, kids of single mothers who are on welfare and in the system? Like, it's social programs that point towards police and government services and institutions. Yeah, that actually is pretty much how police do recruiting like especially in boston it's all these programs to get kids from really shitty backgrounds and really economically disenfranchised areas and they just funnel them into the system so i don't i don't think it's definitely not a jobs program but i think people do end up as cops for material conditions and there's an amount of predisposition you have to have for for law and authority to actually look pick isn't just corridored off to chrissy teigen Right. Like if you're a a poor person with no other options and you have someone saying you're poor, but you can do the right thing. You don't have to be like everyone else selling drugs and doing whatever they can to meet ends meet. You can do the right thing to make ends meet and we'll celebrate you. Like, how is that far from the military? So I've never said it's they're not doing it from material conditions. I'm sure they are. I don't have enough experience with cops to say you guys are telling me they are cool. 
My point is, it's a national. Not all a, of them. Not all of them. <laughs> it's a it's a national federal jobs program versus a local regional one, which has specific quotas, specific slots available, and only can hire at specific points in time. As you yourself discovered, Rob, federally the military does not operate that way. You can virtually always get a job. It is incredibly, incredibly rare that if you qualify, they will turn you down. They're doing that now for white nationalist reasons to uh, people who hold green cards, which is a massive concern. But that is not something that has consistently occurred in the military. So it is more of a broader jobs program, one. Two, it is a specific set period of time. You are not a cop forever, or excuse me, you're not a uh, in the military forever because you took one contract, right? Each time right. you have to consistently make the decision that I am going to keep doing this. With a cop, it's just a job that lasts and lasts and lasts, right? Until either you murder enough innocent people that you get pushed out and you have to go find a job at a different cop precinct. Oh, they, they, don't, they don't push you out for that. Right, or you piss off one rich person and you get pushed out. There you go. <laughs> In the military, right. you have to consistently make that decision. I have repeatedly said the people you should go after are the veterans who get out after one contract. Those are people who realize it's bullshit and left. If that exists in the cop world, people who do two or three years and get and get out, yes, go recruit them too. That makes sense to me as well. Because those people experience it. They said, this is fucking horseshit. And then they left. Those are people we should be talking to. I don't give a fuck about lifers. Sure. If you're a lifer in the military, you're probably a piece of shit. I don't want to talk to you either. Like I like I will never ever encourage you to go after those people. But there is a massive number, far outweighs the number of people in the military who get out after a contract or two, which is basically I have solved some of my material conditions. I've realized this isn't for me because this is terrible for a variety of reasons, and now I'm gone. Those are people we sure. should talk to. I agree. I agree. It still doesn't make what they did right. I've never said it makes it right. I said it makes it understandable. Mm. Sure. I'm just trying to clarify yeah, my yeah. own So interesting, there. comrade. Yeah. To what extent does past wrongs disqualify you from being an asset on uh, any sort of leftist, reformist, or revolution? Well, I, I it it depends on someone's intent. I, I I've you know uh, fought and bled in the streets with people who are veterans, you know, my own age, who saw the immorality of it and wanted to come back and and change, you know, what was going on. Uh, I, I'm not there to harp on them. It's just we shouldn't be encouraging people, you know, to, to say, oh, if you serve the country, you know, salute you, God bless you. Say, yeah, no, please don't do serving. that. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's it's like... I'm begging you to I, please uh, do that because it's the only way I can man, afford Apple I, I had a, <laughs> I had a friend I went to high school I had a friend I went to high school with, and uh, before he deployed, we had, like, a, a party for him. He was going to go be the guy that kicks down people's doors and sticks guns in children's faces uh, for no other reason than to do what Tom Friedman wanted was to just make people afraid of us. Uh, and I was like, I, I know you're going over there. I don't agree with it. Uh, just please don't kill anybody and don't get killed. And he was like, that's my goal, too. You know, so I didn't agree with what he was doing. I made it clear. I didn't have to like yell at him or anything. You know, he understood. We didn't agree. Uh, but I still cared about him. You know, he's still my friend. Right. So that, that's kind of my position is, is just that I don't have to agree with somebody. I don't have to think it's right or just or moral. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to fucking scream in their face, you know? Yeah. That works for me. Don't, don't scream at them. Actively talk to them have some empathy yeah. for how they got to the point that they got to. They probably didn't love what they did either. That is like, right. uh, that's like 10% at best. And most of them stay in, uh, that's your Tom Cotton's of the world. Like fuck those people. Sure. 
As far as like the organizing potential of people who are veterans, who you're trying to like get involved in left politics and all that, like yeah, absolutely, they're gonna know you know more awful shit about the government and about imperialism than you ever will. So you know, you know, there's no there's no part of me that thinks that someone's beyond redemption as far as uh, what they were involved in or what they participated in if they realize that it was wrong. The only people beyond redemption are politicians. I, I just think it's a degree <laughs> of power you have over people's life. The more, the larger the degree of power you have that you have voluntarily accepted, and the more you use that to fuck people, the less forgiveness I'm willing to offer you. It's pretty much how I operate. So those are pretty yeah. much the only ones I yeah. have no forgiveness for. Everybody else, even fucking class traders, there's there is a there's a seat for you on the bench, my friend. But fuck fuck politicians. Even Bernie. Eventually, eventually, fuck Bernie. <laughs> Eventually, Bernie though, like again, said, though. No, no, again though, if is he using his power to try to do things to better people's lives? Yeah, okay. I think he is. It's like if that's the point of it, it's a it's a point of how you're using your power. Like Kamala, no, fuck her. You had an opportunity to change the system and you did nothing. Sanders has actively bashed his head against that wall his whole career, which I think is insane to have stayed in politics, seeing how how useless that has been your whole career. To me, says like, oh, clearly electoralism doesn't work. I yeah, people have been throwing that against him, like the fact that like, oh, Bernie hasn't gotten anything done. It's like no, because he actually had a moral conscience in the U.S. government for a long time, and you can't fucking get anything yeah. done if that's. I true. would throw it in his face as like, dude, how do you still think electoralism works after all of this? <laughs> uh, but uh, like, I at yeah. least respect that he's making the attempt. It's it's it's. It's like people I know in certain federal job positions who think they're going to change their uh, massive, massive federal department from the inside. Like you're you're insane. There, there's like a weird martyr complex there. I like I think you are 100 percent right about most of your political positions. You could move a little left on certain things. But like, I don't know what you're doing. You're just going to get ground up. Like, why the fuck are you killing yourself? But yeah, whatever. Yeah. If he wants to well, do Bernie that. He spent 10 years. He spent 10 years just trying to get elected i know i mean who spends who spends 10 years losing before you finally win like all right got my foot in the door i won my mayor seat by eight eight votes I, I, <laughs> i'm on my it's way it's insane to me like i don't i don't understand the reasoning behind it for him i do respect that he's at least trying to do good things i i think he just it's all he ever knew was like i have to find a way to make meaning out of my life and the only way i know how to do that is to fight for the people you know, I get that. If you look at Bernie's record as a mayor, like the things he did as a mayor and things he ran out as a mayor, it's it's different than every other mayor I've ever known. For one, uh, well, he'd have, he had a foreign policy for Burlington, which is here's, a, here's a real hot yeah. take for you. Up until he ran for 2016, he was better off as a mayor than a senator because I think he did more good for more people just because he actually had the power to do that. Yeah, that's mathematically a yeah. fine take, actually. By the way, I don't mean to, I don't mean to paraphrase Nate Silver, but you know, <laughs> uh, five thirty-eight take right there. Fuck that website, man. <laughs> I've enjoyed watching Nate lose his fucking mind. His brain is melting. It is really jarring. Like I don't normally go for the hysteric. Like, <laughs> uh, look, Matt Iglesias is basically dead right now. No, he fucking isn't. He's fine. He's in, in an air-conditioned cubicle at fucking some DC Beltway wank factory, right? But man, I'm with you on this one. He staked in on Biden so yeah. early. 
That's stupid. Well, as here's fuck. the thing. Actually, it's, if you do the game theory, and I understand if you're not familiar with Nash, but uh, actually, it's it's the most logical thing early in the election <laughs> to stake everything on Biden, and because it is logical, it cannot be immoral. He, Nate's actually a good example of what I was just talking about. He thought he was going to change uh, political punditry with statistics, and look what happened. His ass has been absolutely destroyed by it. He's become one of them, and now he's losing his goddamn mind. Because he can't handle Nate it. It really has gone from like numbers or everything to like, well, if we look at what Heraclitus called the operon, we see that the fire distribution is <laughs> in a Delphic uh, consensus towards Marianne. And it's like, okay, Nate, thanks. I'll see you at trivia night in fucking Chelsea. <laughs> hey, so who won the debate? We never, we never concluded on that. John one. Delaney. We were pretty clear. It was, on that it was Delaney, hundred oh, percent. Okay. Actually, yeah. it was it was Marianne because at the end of doing two debates, she went, "Oh man, fuck Medicare for all makes the most sense, huh, guys?" <laughs> yes, yes, it does, Marianne, because you're not actively being yeah, paid to disagree. It is funny like, to see someone just <laughs> thinking out loud. I mean, that's basically the premise for Donald Trump. But to see to see Marianne <laughs> yeah, be like, rules. um, I'm a capitalist, and then like five seconds later be like, damn, this Medicare for all seems to make sense. It's you know what? <laughs> it's a train that were it running parallel with the American electorate, I would not be afraid of its destination. So remains to be seen on the impact of that. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Right. This is Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Relentless Board. With us today was Comrade at Smut Collector from Move Left Idiots. You can also follow the co-host slash sort of their show uh, Twitter at, at Move underscore Left. And they have a Facebook page as well. Facebook. And what was the last bit for that one, Comrade? Uh, it's either Move Left or Move Left Idiots. One of the two. <laughs> if you... We also had Rob, Rob at Dumb and Awful and Mason at Zizek Thotty. And Mason's almost at a thousand. Follow him. <laughs>